how long it's going to take you to get back in shape, and how to prevent injuries. Today on Body Performance. I'm Steve Carano. Welcome to Body Performance, a podcast designed to help you reach your weight loss, fitness, and bodybuilding goals. Everybody's eating, getting out of shape. Welcome to the world of COVID-19. Not even going to address that because that's kind of a pain in the ass. We're stuck in our homes. We can't do much. So we're eating. I guess the only thing I would tell you is have some self-control, have a little self-discipline, get your ass out and walk, and watch what you eat. But let's talk about how long it's going to take you to get back in shape. And that's going to depend on a variety of things. Probably the biggest factor is what kind of shape you were in before we were all placed under house arrest. If you were in great shape, the amount of time it's going to take for you to get back in shape is going to be longer than somebody who wasn't really in great shape or somebody who was in shitty shape. If you're running a 20-minute mile, you're not really losing much if you're under quarantine for six or eight weeks. You got really nothing to recapture or regain. But if you're running a five-minute mile, it's going to take you a while to get back. So the first factor is what kind of shape are you in? The second factor is how long we're going to be under house arrest. We've been doing this stuff for maybe six, seven weeks. If it goes for eight or nine weeks or if it goes for 12 or 13 weeks, it's going to be a lot different. Anytime I missed one or two weeks, I didn't worry. But after two, three, four, five weeks, now we're talking about trying to get back in shape. And that becomes an issue. So conditioning is one, what kind of shape you're in. Number two, how long we're off and how long we miss the gym, how long we're not going to be training. And number three is how old you are. That's a big factor because your body just does not recover or bounce back as quickly. And also it doesn't hold its conditioning as long. So let me give you a variety of scenarios. And we're talking about people who are in good shape or great shape, not the average ham and egger. If you're in good shape or great shape, you train on a, a regular basis and you perform pretty well in the gym, if not probably at your peak or top 10%, whether it's weightlifting, cardio, or a combination of the two. If you are young, I always say if you're off, it will take you about half that amount of time to get back in shape. So if you're young, what is young? Ooh, 30 and under. And we're off for eight weeks, it might take you four or five weeks to get back in shape. I mean, to where you really are in good shape. If you are sort of middle-aged, let's call that 30, 35 to 50, 55, it's going to take you probably at least as long as the amount of time that we are off. So if we're off for about eight to 10 weeks, it's probably going to take you about maybe eight to 10 weeks to get back in shape. If you are older than 55 and you were performing at a pretty high level, it's probably going to take you about time and a half to get back in shape. Meaning if we're off for eight weeks, it might take you about 12 weeks to get back to where you were operating at an optimal level. Now, again, these are just guidelines depending on your age, your conditioning level, what you do in the gym, what kind of supplements you're taking or not taking. And how much stuff you do, meaning I go to the gym and I do five exercises for chest and I'm crushing it every time. Okay, it's going to take you a while to get back in shape. But if you do one heavy exercise for chest and then you've 
jerk around with cables and some, you know, balancing exercises for the rest of your chest exercises, eh, it's not going to take you very long because you're really not pushing it to the edge each and every time. So those are some just general guidelines. Take you about half the amount of time you were off, about the amount of time you were off, or about one and a half times the amount of time you were off. That's just a general guideline. Hopefully that'll give you some hopes that, shit, if we're off for you know 12 weeks or 15 weeks, I'm in decent shape. It'll take me about seven or eight weeks to get back in shape. Hopefully that gives some people solace and peace of mind. There was a famous concert pianist who said, if I miss a week, I notice it. If I miss two weeks, the critics notice it. If I miss three weeks, the audience notices it. So same thing applies here, depending on your level of performance, age, and how much time we miss from the gym. Now I'm going to talk about all the injuries that everybody's going to get when they go back to the gym, because everybody's going to go back to the gym and try to rush the process. They're going to think, man, I was benching 315 or 405, or I was squatting 315. I haven't lost much. Time to get back in shape and get, because summer's coming. Summer's here, man. I got to get back in shape and look good. Well, let me tell you something. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. And you're going to have to be patient. And these are all the injuries I'm going to try to help you avoid when you go back to the gym. And I'll run through them based on each muscle group. Chest, the international way of judging men. How much do you bench press? Okay, if we worked out naked, we would judge men differently. But we don't. It's always how much do you bench? What do you bench press? Here's how you are going to avoid getting injured on the bench press. You are going to warm up like a motherfucker, okay? The biggest problem with bench press is guys do not warm up. You have to create some type of stretchability, pliability in the muscles because bench pressing puts tremendous tension and pressure on the insertions and the attachments in the shoulder. So most guys do not warm up enough. They're always so worried about wearing themselves out. Well, let me tell you something. Your workouts are going to be like physical therapy. You're going to get back in shape for the next couple weeks, and then you'll get in good enough shape where you can then start pushing it and working out. So that's what you have to think about. This is basically physical therapy to get you back in shape. When you're talking about bench pressing, please warm up. Don't worry about wearing yourself out at this stage in the game. Warm up, take a decent amount of weight that's light, and warm your ass up, and then increase your weight gradually. Now, if you're like Justin, you bench 450 pounds, your warm-up weight is going to be different than somebody else's. But the point is, is that you got to warm up, and don't worry about stretching yourself out and having the bar touch your chest on your first day or your first week back. That's very, very important. And then when you go to incline, again, warm up, even though it's very similar to bench press, the angle is going to be different. Do a warm-up set or two. Then you're going to go to dumbbells, whether it's dumbbell bench press or dumbbell flies. Again, limit the amount of range of motion. You don't have to stretch your hands down to the floor. That's where injuries come in, uh, and that's where a lot of problems occur. Because what guys don't understand is as you stretch yourself out, meaning as you stretch the arms uh, away from the body, you stretch the legs away from the body, you have the eccentric part of the exercise. That is the muscle that gets stretched out, okay? The contraction we know as the bicep gets shortened and peaks, the eccentric aspect is where the bicep stretches out. 
or again, the quads stretch out or the triceps stretch out. And this is when it's very vulnerable because they begin to thin out like stretching out a rubber band. And when that happens, they can snap or their attachments can rip. So you want to warm up and make those muscles pliable so they've got some play in them. Anyway, you get the point. Let's go to back. Back is one of those things where you got to be careful. And most guys don't train back super, super hard. They're doing uh, machines and stuff like that. But if you're a bent over rows or a T-bar kind of guy, better throw on a goddamn belt. And if you're also a pull-down guy, meaning you either do chin-ups or pull-ups, or you're doing pull-downs on the machine or with the, the cables, you got to remember this. Again, warm-up is critical. It's less critical with back than it is for chest, but here's a scenario. When you don't warm up enough on back, you can end up with carpal tunnel syndrome. What happens is, is the muscles of the forearm either compress the nerves in the forearms, the radial nerve, which causes carpal tunnel syndrome, or you can stretch those nerves out just slightly to the point where now you have pain and you have burning in the forearms, the tops of the forearms or the, or the back of the forearms, uh, like the back of your hand where the, where the arms are typically hairy. And this is because guys go too heavy too soon because they don't warm up. So whether you're doing a pull-up or a pull-down or a wide grip T-bar row, you got to make sure you got to warm up those forearms, biceps, and the back. That is a big problem. The same thing occurs on biceps where guys are not warming up, not just the biceps, but the forearms. And this is a big thing with preacher curls because again, you're, you're limiting your movement with preacher curls. So all the pressure falls on the biceps and the forearms. And the biggest problem with uh, guys trying to go heavy is typically not a biceps issue. It's a radial nerve issue, the nerve that runs down the top of the forearm, and that gives you carpal tunnel syndrome. Just be careful with that. So we got chest, back, biceps. Let's talk about triceps. Triceps typically don't get a lot of problems. The triceps themselves. Tearing a tricep is sort of an unusual injury because they don't get a lot of pressure, let's say, like the biceps do, where they attach down to the forearm or where the uh, chest inserts uh, with the shoulders. But with regards to the triceps, a lot of guys, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, don't warm up enough, so they end up with tendonitis, which is really simple to diagnose because you touch your elbow to a table or you bang it accidentally and it fucking hurts like a son of a bitch. The tip of the elbow hurts like a motherfucker. That's tendonitis. That's typically you didn't warm up enough in conjunction with going too heavy. So once that happens, just like the carpal tunnel syndrome in the forearm, once that tendonitis hits you in the elbows, you're going to have to lighten up for a couple weeks before it goes away. Same thing with the carpal tunnel syndrome. So to prevent it from happening so you don't have to then take time off after you took time off and tried to come back, just warm up slowly, gradually increase your weights over the following couple weeks, and you'll be okay. Shoulders, most guys don't really have problems with shoulders other than probably pressing overhead too heavy. But again, it's not the exercise like bench press is. If you're using dumbbells, you do have to be careful picking them up and then starting the movement. That's why I always suggest if you're using dumbbells for presses, if you can have two guys 
hand you the weight, and then help you up with them so you can start with your arms extended much easier than bringing them up to the shoulders and then getting them out of the hole. It's like, again, trying to bench press by starting the bench press off your chest rather than pulling the weight out of the rack and starting with your arms extended and everything contracted and tight. So other than that, most guys I've never seen do heavy laterals or they're doing cables or something. I'm not too worried about shoulders, but if you injure your chest on chest day, uh, doing shoulders is going to bug you as well. And then we have legs. Most of the problems with legs are going to come either from squatting or from doing leg press. When guys are squatting, they seem to forget that when they're squatting, their lower back is holding all that weight that they're squatting. They seem to forget that. But yet when you watch a guy squat, as he begins to lose strength, what does he do? He tips forward. And if your partner's good at spotting, he should be in right behind the the squatter, grabbing him by the chest, and not only pulling him up, but pulling him back. And then usually you're able to complete the rep because it's the weaker muscles of the lower back that fail before the big muscles of the quads and the hamstring and the ass fail. It's your lower back that quits. And it's the lower back that is usually most susceptible to an injury while squatting. As I've just said for the last 15 minutes, warm up gradually and slowly and gradually and slowly increase your weight over the next couple weeks. That's really important because your back has to become strong as well. It has to regain the strength that you lost. And you might feel like a million bucks squatting and you're like, oh, I did better than I thought. And then the next day or two days later, you're like, I can't breathe or blink my eyes without pain. So this is something you have to think about. The other issue is with leg press. When you're leg pressing, you have to warm up, not just the quads, but the lower back. As you lower the sled down, it stretches out the lower back. So while you're warming up the quads, you're also stretching out the lower back. So as you get to the heavier and heavier weight, and then you explode with that weight to drive the sled back up, the lower back is warmed up and stretched out. Very important. Most guys I know don't do enough warm-up on leg press, and they end up not hurting their quads. They end up hurting their lower back. And I can tell you two stories of my friend who's a fucking hammerhead. You'd think a guy would be smart by the time he got old, but he's not. He still has to be the biggest guy in the gym and the biggest and the strongest guy in the gym, except I'm going to be going to his funeral before he comes to mine. And with regards to bench press, he does the exact same thing. He does 135, 225, 315. And I'm like, hey, brother, why don't you throw in 185 in there? God forbid somebody should actually see him bench press 185 or 275. And he says the same fucking thing. Man, when I do 225 and then I do it again, it's so much easier the second time. And I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Because now you're not as stiff. You've got more spring. There's more pliability in the muscles. They snap back quicker. You're able to contract them faster because power and force also are coupled with speed and acceleration. So, but he doesn't get it because he thinks fucking people are looking at him. They're not. They're looking at themselves. They're taking selfies. That's why it's called a selfie, you dumbass. One of these days he'll tear a peck or hurt his shoulder again, but he doesn't get it. Same thing with leg press. He wants to start with like five or six plates aside, which is most guys finishing sets. He will not get into the leg press with two plates on and do three or four sets to stretch out his lower back. And again, his back has been bugging him 
because he hurt it on leg press because he's not willing to warm up and be seen lifting light weight. And I want to tell him, hey, these Olympic athletes, guys who are throwing 500 pounds over their head, they start with the bar, brother, the bar. And then they go with like 135 and then 225. Nobody gives a shit about you, but so be it. You can't change people's attitudes. And once their minds are set, they're set. With regards to cardio, you will definitely, absolutely, if you haven't been doing cardio, you will know it within the first five minutes of hitting the treadmill, jogging outside, or being on the Stairmaster. No question about it. It's going to control you automatically, meaning you're not going to be able to run too fast or too far. You'll be out of breath. You're going to have to slow down automatically. But the one thing you're going to have to be aware of is if you haven't jogged or done the Stairmaster, you're going to have to think in terms of your calf muscles and your Achilles. This is where people end up with uh, tendonitis, plantar fasciitis in the backs of their heels or what feels like a heel spur or the bottom of the foot is painful. It's painful just to set it on the ground. It's painful to walk. Again, this is from too much, too soon, not warming up, and not stretching out. Again, cardio will guide itself. It'll teach you or show you what you're capable of doing. But if you force it, you are going to end up being injured. Your calves are going to end up being so sore, or you're going to end up tearing something, or you're going to end up with some inflammation where it's not going to allow you to perform to your optimum, or you're not going to be able to get back in shape, and that's going to suck Regardless of what exercises you're doing, regardless of what kind of shape you're in, it's going to suck to begin to get back in shape and then be injured and have to lay off after we are just allowed back in the gym. Hopefully that offers some insights on what you should do to prevent injuries. And you can see how everything pretty much is an overlap. It's warm up sufficiently, stretch out slowly, limit your range of motion, Don't increase your weight too much, too fast over the the next couple of weeks. And think in terms of getting in shape before you can begin to work out. Think of this next couple weeks or whenever they open the gym. Think of those weeks as physical therapy before you can start going at 100% so you don't get injured, so you don't have to miss any more time from the gym. Now I'm going to do something that I don't think anybody else on any other podcast has ever done. I'm going to give you my phone number. And the reason is this. As I step back into the world of technology and social media, it is so fucking unbelievable what you have to learn and know for anything, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube page. You could spend weeks and months trying to figure out how to optimize your YouTube page by watching videos on YouTube and all the shit you have to do, whether it's just the banner at the top, how to insert a link, how to do picture in picture, and on and on and on. And I'm always saying, God damn, it'd be so much easier if I could just fucking talk to somebody, either that or have them do it for me. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's my phone number. This is my direct phone number, 727-365-6612. Call me, now I'm on the East Coast, so do not call me at midnight, or shoot me a text first so I know you're calling, or I'll call you back. But it's so much easier for me, if you don't want to listen to this, or your question is too complex, and I haven't covered it, call me and I will answer your questions personally on the phone. No bullshit master class, no shit you gotta buy, no internet course for $994 or $794. 
It's free. I'm going to do it for free because I want to help you achieve your weight loss and fitness goals. And then one of these days, you can pass along your knowledge to somebody else and you can pay it forward. I'm Steve Tarano, and this is Body Performance. Body Performance.